And we're live. Welcome, everybody, to your favorite day of the week. I am Anthony Irwin, as always, joined by Aaron Larsoul. This is not my favorite day of the week this week. Fr- how would Friday not be your favorite? Because I'm in a foul mood. I mean, yeah, I, so am I. I had to work until 2 in the morning last night. My stupid son woke up at 6.30 in the morning. Um, yeah, no, I'm not in the best mood either. But No, that, that stupid kinda... double overtime game last night, and then I went out last night. I shouldn't be going out after games anyway. I mean, I probably just shouldn't be going out anyway. Sober? But, Did you stay sober? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's over Hot three damn. weeks now. Yeah. At, at a Lakers game and then going out last night? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, impressive, that was, dude. And Congrats. you know what the worst part was? I didn't even, thank you. I didn't even get to, uh, at the club last night, we had a table um, and I didn't even get to uh, have a, have a club soda. I was just empty handed. Our table, uh, the table didn't have, didn't have a water. Didn't I don't drink juice? It's too much sugar. Didn't have a water. Didn't have a club soda. So if so you I go to a club, like I was drinking. If you go to a club and order yeah. a club soda, is it just a soda, or is it a club club soda? <laughs> it's a sparkling water. Um, <laughs> I'm in a foul mood about that. And then now this just came up. Shams just just sent this out about the dunk contest and i'm in a bad mood about that first of all the dunk well contest- no i i i have something that'll put you in uh, in a right, better fine, mood right, before right, we fine. get to the mac okay, mcclung right. thing which i think right. we're going to disagree on but but well sign kind of go ahead um this i like i want to be in a better mood at fn all bruins ucla football just picked up a commitment from cal transfer wide receiver have, j michael sturdivant i am not in a good mood about this i am coming that, off I was, of a freshman you did not even let me get to this. I am not in a good mood about this. That was going to be the other thing I said. You know what, though? Cal is back with Nike. So that yeah. I am in a good mood about. Okay. And Cal has done well bringing guys well, like, in from the transfer uh, yeah. portal. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Sturdivant is a is a pretty huge loss. He was a – I've been arguing about all this American. He was a freshman all – yes, he was a freshman All-American last year. Yeah. Yeah. He was probably Cal's best player last year. Probably. <laughs> if you can be a freshman All-American. Cal's running back was also a freshman All-American. He was a true freshman. Jaden Ott. Thankfully, he has not left yet. Um, <laughs> but Sturdivant, I am not pleased about Sturdivant. If you can be... This is what I was arguing about on Twitter. Because I don't like arguing about the Lakers anymore. Because mostly it's just me and you arguing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I figure we can do like, that. You and like iterations of me. Like yes yeah you have a you have i don't know what they call it we were talking about this in slack about how old i am um so yeah. this came up in slack uh about about taylor swift and whatever her legion of followers and how aggressive <laughs> oh they God, are on yeah. twitter so what do we call it like the anthony irwin hive or or the army <laughs> or i like the alliteration with the anthony's army anthony's um, army that's fine i'll take it Anthony uh, Army. So I, I was no, you know who the best? You know who has the best version of that? None, and I'm nobody. trying to get it off the ground. Nobody. It's weird. No, no. The I'm trying. I'm trying to get it off the ground. He writes for us. Al- Alex Regla actually does yeah. a show with us on Taco Tuesdays too. Right. I'm trying to get the regulators out hmm. there. Mount up. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. That's Every actually time a lot better. That's that's one of your better ones. Yeah, that bullshit! You started the show with the the club <laughs> club, so that was terrible. But reg that that's Alex regulator. Regulators. Yeah, and every that's time I do it, I get up. that song yeah, stuck in my head for like the next four hours. That is not bad. <laughs> I'll always I'll do it. I'll I'll fire off that tweet, and then for like four hours later, it was a cool black night. So <laughs> uh, Bergman, Greg Bergman, Bergie. 
yeah. to, I don't know, work with for me, Name whatever. Seven ten uh, and radio. Yeah. So now he's he's a uh, seven ten. He's a big <laughs> UCLA fan, and one of the one of the Bruin sites. Um, he he retweeted it and asked to you know to fucking troll me. Asked you know thoughts on this and then added me right. <laughs> and it was it said something like, you know, uh, UCLA lands elite transfer or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I gave him the little scouting report. And some SC fan was like, call it the elite, you know, whatever. And my point was, and so we got into it. I'm like, anytime I'm gassing up something UCLA, I'm in a bad fucking mood. <laughs> Stop making me do this, UCLA, a USC fan. <laughs> it's bad. And, and I'm like, no, I'm, I'm a UCLA it. fan. I'm I know a... you are. So yeah. here's the thing with Sturdivant. He was a freshman All-American last year with a very mediocre quarterback and a fucking terrible offensive line. If yeah. you can get a redshirt, who will be a redshirt sophomore. If you can get a guy that was a redshirt All-American freshman All-American last year with a mediocre quarterback and a terrible offensive line, that sounds pretty elite to me. Anyway, I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> I'm pretty happy about it. I can keep talking about it. It's making me, like, it's putting me in a better mood. But we won't. I don't even have my cow. I don't have. I don't have mom's cow hat. Hi, mom. I love you. You're listening to this. Um, I don't have my mom's cow hat on. For those of you that are watch video, I have the um, Fresh Prince of Bel Air's dad. Why don't you love me anymore? Beanie on. But I do have my Niners. I do. I'm excited. You know what? I'm excited about my Niners tomorrow. All right. All I'm excited. Right. About I'll give you that. That, that will make that. me happy until they lose. And I have 47 people over I'm cooking for that I am not permitting to come to my house until the second game because I am <laughs> not someone that should be seen watching a game I care about. I feel like I feel like football in particular does that to people. Like I I can be I, I you know I well just in general, I'm not really an obnoxious fan anyway. You know, like I'll I'll make Well define more, obnoxious. Like scream at the TV with other people around obnoxious. Well, that's why I don't, that's why I don't let any no, game, I'm... like in, in basketball, if it's an elimination game mm-hmm. or if it can put whoever you're rooting for, for my rule is if it's an elimination game or if you lose, like if in a series, right, if it can be after two losses, mm-hmm. if your team has two losses, right, so if they lose again, it puts them on the brink of elimination or if it's an actual elimination game. I'm not watching with anybody like it's yeah. different if I if right if it's when I was traveling that's different or if it's a home game right and I'm going to the home game that's different but like if it's not that just no I don't be, I will not watch it in public no I will not watch it with people no so everybody feel free and by the way Lakers fans out there if you live in LA you're welcome at my home tomorrow for what is I think it's is it who is it it's Chargers Jags is the second game you're welcome for that one, <laughs> but do not, I don't, I don't want to hear. Do it. not come over early. No, do not, not get there. No, early. no, no right. a friend of mine, uh, she is, I, I told her she could come over early. She, she is from, she's from up North also a little outside of San Francisco. Uh, a friend of mine here that uh, actually I met, I met at a Lakers game a couple years ago. And I told her she could come over before everybody else only because she saw me uh, the last time the Niners lost the Super Bowl. And so Ooh. she's seen me at my Niners worst. I don't think she really cares, but she has seen me at my Niners worst already. So I was like, yeah, you come over early if you want. Does but, sports like, bring you to else. tears? Does, does Has sports ever brought you to tears? Sports has sports has brought me to tears positively, yes. I have, I have, I have cried over sports 
um, with wins, Same. but never with losses. No, losses just make if... I, I just get I just get angry. Yeah, that's and, more me. Like like and, recently, like the Dodgers and, and, and in my older in older too. days in my pre in some of my previous days in a, a less evolved version of Aaron <laughs> uh, has brought me to violence on occasion, <laughs> anger and violence. But uh, I, losses I anger so. ang- losses make me angry and violent. Sometimes wins can bring me to tears. Yes. Now, like now, losses make me like sarcastic and like I just spit vile all over the place. Like last night, I was. Uh, you know, doing a pressure cooker for, for last night's game and Stan Van Gundy, every single call was just like, yeah, I heard, a, I saw he was like, that's a Cuban, bad right? Call. Cuban, uh, re- well, said Cuban, about Cuban right tweeted about how bad, and I, yeah. look, I, I agree that the referees were bad, but like, they were awful both ways, by the way, according to Stan Van Gundy, they were only awful in Dallas's well, like to, to hurt Dallas. And it was that, that like, was early, that was earlier in the game, right? I mean, just throughout, throughout the game, like there was no, a no, call, no, but I mean, what Stan was referring to, well, like he sent that out, earlier in the game right mark you mean mark? no 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 no. Or he didn't send it out i mean he said it on the broadcast earlier in the game right and then because uh, cuban i thought like he, he he agreed yeah. with him like in the third quarter maybe yeah i i i was watching mostly with the sound off until late so that i could I react say, to why everybody didn't you watch on spectrum but you don't live in la um i could have but was i think it? most oh, yeah, people league pass like, you could watch it on league pass. yeah yeah yeah, but I um no, so I was I was watching it. I was watching the TNT feed last night because generally, like I do like Stan is one of my favorite ones. Like he's one of the better ones, I think. Um, but last night, man, it was just so like every call. Like there was a call late in the game against Tim Hardaway Jr. as like a moving screen or something like that. And they had a couple of them in a row, I think. Yeah. Right. Like right. So they make that call on Tim Hardaway Jr. and um he didn't like the call. He's like, that's a bad no. That's a bad call. You can't make it in that spot. And then Troy Brown Jr. had the same call against him. And uh, Stan liked that call. Stan was like, that's the, that's the right call. It was was like, like I, but that's where, that's where I was like, like when you talk about how I watch games or my reaction to negative situations, usually I'll say, shut the bleep up, Stan. You know, like if I'm not on the air, like (laughs) shut the, but like last time I was like, Stan sounds like somebody who lost in the finals to the Lakers, you know? And, and like, I just can't help myself in, in those moments. That's where I, I, I don't like to watch games that I care about around people because every so often they'll make a snide comment and then I'll just kind of like fire off a, a laser that goes directly into their soul. And I, I regret that. I Look, do every, regret every, that. every fan base thinks their team is getting cheated every game. Um, yeah. And there's a conspiracy against them. People think of it with media coverage too. Like you hate my, you know, everybody in national that covers the yeah. NBA nationally. People think that everybody, you know, whoever. Look, Joe Buck who, does hate the Lakers. When he was doing Cardinals games, Joe with Buck his dad's, hates the Lakers? With his dad's Cardinals. Like Jack Lewis Bucks, Cardinals. Yeah, right? Jack Bucks okay. Cardinals. When I'm he's doing Cardinals-Dodgers games, he hates the Dodgers. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm, I'm, okay, fine. But you I'm said Lakers. I'm like, why does he hate the Lakers? Oh, I don't know. I was That'd like, be wait, great. I'm waiting for the connection here. That'd be great if he was just like, oh, fuck like, all of LA. <laughs> Look, uh, the game was, I would respect it because that's how I feel about the Bay. The game was was terribly officiated. I mean, you can point to all kinds of stuff. And Boston. The, the two-minute report is going to be like, a novel i would imagine and oh actually i don't i don't know the answer to this so this is if it's going to cover overtimes i don't know yeah, i don't know if the two minute report does if it goes it's going to be overtime, the 12 minute report if it goes to overtime and then a second overtime does the two minute report 
cover Just only the last going. two minutes of whatever the final oh, period right. is. <laughs> That'd be funny. Or do they do two minutes for the yeah. fourth, two minutes for the first overtime, and two minutes for the second t- overtime? Or I know the NBA as well as anybody. Minutes. That is not like, well, whatever. I don't know the answer to that. I always know the answer to these weird NBA questions. Yeah. Usually it's just like CBA stuff. I don't know the answer to that. Somebody asked me and minute? I was going to ask you, but I don't know. Will it be the six minute report this time? I kind of think it has to be the 12 minute report. Like, why would they stop the report? No, you do the two minutes of the fourth, the last two minutes of the fourth, the last two minutes of the first yeah. overtime, the last two minutes of the second. All I really care about is the Troy Brown call. Because I, mean, I thought that, that was, a, was foul. a foul. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. All right. And um, I, what I didn't, what I didn't, the first overtime, uh, uh, Wood stole, Christian Wood stole the, the tap. That's, that wouldn't be in the last two minutes. That was the, yeah. the start of the first overtime, but he stole, uh, you know what? Now I'm getting angry again. There was another one too where LeBron was in the tip against like Dinwiddie or something like that. And LeBron wasn't I was even fur- set. I was furious. I'm like, how the, if LeBron loses this, first yeah. of all, he's a better athlete. Yes, LeBron's old. He's also five. But he wasn't taller. set. He Didn't was like he they kept switching his feet. Jump before he blew out his ACL. Yeah. Like, what a, but he uh, kept. But like Dinwiddie and everybody kept moving, and then the ball was up in the air, and LeBron was like, "Hold on, what?" Yeah. Like that the was weird. The other part. I mean, it was a terribly officiated game. The other part yeah. of it that is fascinating is like and that stupid between, clear path foul that they called. You. They, oh my god. Between I, they, between Luca the and, take foul between oh. Luca and LeBron <sighs> and Russ. They are three of the biggest complainers like, yeah. <laughs> in the league. And, I mean, Luca is the biggest complainer in the league. Yeah. Uh, but between those three, those are th- like definitely three of the top 10. Yeah. Jokers, <laughs> Joker is in there. Trey yeah. is in. I mean, but like Luca's number one, but LeBron and Russ will complain about some calls. Yeah. And when I say that, it's so much so that it affects their team because Luca, LeBron, jo- like all these guys complain. Uh, and like complain enough where they'll they like just stop, stop playing. playing, right? They just like, <laughs> hey, I need, like, hey, like, Braun, you're right, yeah, but they've got a four on two the other way now. No, uh, Phil Jackson used to coach against certain players and keep that in his scouting report. It's like, hey, if you're guarding this guy and you get away with a foul, hustle because that person's not going to make their, their way down the court. The other version of it was against San Antonio, he used to say that, um, Manu falls a lot. So if you're yeah. guarding Manu, make sure you you hustle down down on the break because Manu's going to be falling and crawling through camera people all the time um, on the other end of the court. So to be fair, LeBron did get fouled. Well, Christian Wood, like his yeah. left elbow. I mean, okay, yeah. I mean, guys miss yeah. guys miss calls all the time, but like, fine. But yeah, it was it was a poorly officiated game. It yeah. is not a conspiracy against the Lakers. What I what I didn't like was just like was I didn't think they like I look. I think calls get missed. Sometimes, yes. you know, like that, that just happens that yes. they are human. Um, yes. Obviously, the bigger the moment, like the, the one that annoyed me and I said it on air is like, you're standing right there. You're looking for one thing. Wait, which How one? do you In miss the call on call. Troy Brown on, on Troy oh. Brown? Like, because there's a, well, did you see a referee the, right there. Did you see they but did then, the whatever they do? They, uh, the pool report, the pool reporter asks, yeah. asked the ref and yeah, the referee. Said, I thought he, I did he, a good job. He touched the ball, you know, he got a piece of the ball first and then there was some high five contact, which is legal and the call was right. There was, there was also like shoulder to shoulder contact and yeah. Um, But anyway, here's the other thing. Here's the uh, people. The one that I, the one that I really hated though was the, the, the take foul where Luca is the furthest guy away from the basket. He's going to be trying to score on with the ball. And it was a dumb foul by Russ. Don't get me wrong. Like at the end of the day, you can't, 
cross check somebody. Um, <laughs> it was more of a hip but, check. <laughs> and then just, Russ, like Russ got his Jordan Clarkson on. He looked like he was getting ready to square up and do something. What was weird though was that like Russ even calms down people aggressively. Because it, it seemed like that's what he was doing. Was like because I, you know what actually was... my favorite part of all this is like then there was he like the pat, court, he pat luke on the back of the head he's like calm down like, like i calm. actually just was really enjoying like lebron spent like the entire second half of the fourth quarter it seemed like in consultation with the refs like there were yeah. so many stoppages and every time it would be like lebron maybe luca maybe jason kidd you know yeah. and the refs and then there's AD street club. Like AD is finding his way into all those discussions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> AD, you, you AD while he's been out, there. has been really funny to watch on the You've side. Been over there, you were moving over there pretty quickly, brother. <laughs> Feeling a little better. Um, I, I hope so. Uh, but yeah, I, the, the take, the take foul, like, I, like I said, people miss calls, you know, that happens all the time. But when you implement, I think a rule incorrectly, um, that's where I have a problem with it, you know, because I, that seemed like the implement implementation of the rule was wrong, but whatever, we don't have to keep talking. No, here's, about it, but here's, a, here's another like frustrating for Lakers fans thing is that everybody that I was sitting with, you know, was up in arms about, yeah. Okay. Of course it was a foul on Troy Brown, but at least like go look at it. Right. Or yeah. somebody challenged something. Well, you can't. Right. Yeah. Like it's, it's like, uh, I, I like in the NFL, right? Like if there is a pass interference call, you can yeah. go look at it. If there's no, if there's no whistle, there's nothing to look at, right? They won't, yeah. you can't go look at or challenge or anything, a non-call. Yeah. Same thing with LeBron or, you know, LeBron's foul. right. Like people were saying that LeBron, LeBron asking for the challenge on the one foul that got moved over to Thomas Bryant anyway, yeah. that that cost them the ability to, to challenge the Troy Brown calls. Like, no, that's not Incorrect. true because you, you can't challenge something that wasn't you can't called. challenge a non-call. And, and let's, let's also be clear. That was a successful challenge because the foul, yeah. even though it was still a foul, it got switched to, to Thomas Bryant. So yeah. that is yeah, a I mean, successful challenge. Yeah. And shout out, shout out to, uh, JP John Pastorek, who is generally in charge of the uh, challenges, and I was critical. I didn't know he's a friend of mine. I didn't know that he was in charge of of uh, the challenges, and so I on Twitter, I don't know, some weeks back, mentioned that I didn't like using the challenge there, even mm -hmm. though I thought that I think it was a Thomas Bryant foul or something like you. that. He's like, he texted me my own, like after the game, he texted me my own tweet, and he goes. <laughs> He goes respectfully, respect, respectfully. Fuck off! <laughs> I'm, I'm in like charge. That. I'm in charge of the challenges, and <laughs> we haven't gotten one wrong this year. So, <laughs> last night during the game, I texted. Like, he, did, yeah, obviously won't see it till after the game. I texted him. Yeah. Good challenge. Yeah. Uh, are you still undefeated? Yeah. And he said, I don't know. He said he's. I think he's eight and one. He said he's eight and one now. They so the other the reason that you're night. apparently in a foul mood, though, twenty minutes into the show, still yeah. is that Mac McClung is 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 going to be allowed to partake in the in the participate in the slam dunk contest. Yeah. Um. I don't really care. Like the slam dunk contest at this point sucks. Like it's just never good. Um. So kill it. Then kill it. Well, well no. Here's my thing. I got a lot of shit for this, and I should have phrased it better. But I think. And I'm probably going to get shit for this now that I say it again. But, like, I think that uh, I kind of sort of think LeBron has some blame for the dunk contest dying the way that it has. What? Um, oh, boy. Yeah. What? I, I know. That was most people's response. And what? fine. But 
like for a long time. What are you doing here? Well, for a long time, everybody participated in the slam dunk contest. Everybody, every single superstar came along. Kobe won a slam dunk contest. Uh, You know, obviously Michael won slam dunk contests, plural. He went up against Dominique Wilkins, who was, who was also a superstar. Vince Carter was a superstar when, when he did it. Um, and so, like, well, well, at least early in their careers, they would do it. Maybe they, they didn't continue doing them. Like, Kobe didn't keep doing them for the rest of his career. Um, but, like, the only person who kind of broke that chain and I think had a ripple effect across the entirety of NBA's culture is LeBron, where he came in and, and you're thinking, like, oh, here's this guy. He can jump out of the gym. He's the face of the NBA. I can't wait to see him try and do this slam dunk contest. And he never went out and did it. And I think it kind of, and I, and, and I, yeah, I really think that it took hold with everybody else coming up in the league where they're like, if you're at a certain stature, the dunk contest is now somehow beneath you. And, and I, that, I think that's why, you know, the, the, the dunk contest has died. I was hoping somebody would come along and change that, that approach to it from everybody else. But for most of these guys, they're looking at it like, why would I take this L? Like, like I LeBron. Mean, yes. LeBron Ryan. essentially said, like, I don't have anything to gain from doing this. Correct. And he because I'm, if I win, I, I should have won. I'm LeBron. And if I lose, I lost to somebody who is worse at this than I am. And it's so, just like, that's fine. But I, that's not really the competitor's way of approaching it. Okay. A bunch of things here. Right. Um, one, like, it's not LeBron's responsibility. The dunk contest, in my opinion, sucks because we've seen everything and nobody, like, yeah can do anything different really mm-hmm. and i don't care about like the, the the stars for me the stars are for the game not the other stuff right like not the dunk contest um and I, what i want to see what i want to see you know who i want to see i want to see the best dunkers i don't care about like the stars i want to see the oh best sure dunks. Um, but i but i think some of the stars are your best dunkers like zion is, is one, one of, of the best I, dunkers i think lebron though there's a there's a big difference between being i think lebron is one of the best dunkers we've ever seen ever mm-hmm. in game there's a big difference between in game and not in game um yeah i just i i just want to see like people do amazing shit and they can't anymore well, it's not that they can't anymore but like, they can't do new amazing new, shit. yeah i mean like there is there is a limit to what is humanly Human possible ev- and again we talk about it all the time that evolves but and the athletes evolve, but over five years and 10 years, like there's not much more, you know, if, if you said 200 years from now, could people yeah. do something? Yes. But like every year, no, it's like, so now so it's we should, kind of we should do like every 10 years, we should do a dunk contest. Actually, now that like, would what get... kind of props can I use? Like Shaden Sharp? I'm, I'm in. Yeah. Max McClung, I'm Mac McClung. I'm out. Yeah. Yes. Well, I know he's like, a, yes. I know he's a six two white guy and that's going to be, He's not in. He's not in the NBA. That's yeah. my problem with it. He's not in the NBA. Well, all right. Here's my thing. I would like to to have the G League represented in more of this stuff. Like I would. I would like. Okay, you, you know, know what? Fine. If you just tell me it's a G League thing, fine. Like no, but I, I think you can. I think you can make it a tradition where like one or two G League guys get to come out. And, okay, and, so if and you're going to do that, dunk if you're going to do that, why not bring in one or two? Professional, professional dunkers, dunkers i agree yeah. why not yes i agree they're not nba players so 100 percent. 
Well, because if the point of because it is they'll to like, embarrass spice up the, the NBA event, players. If the point of it is to spice up the event, bring in the professional dunkers. That'd be fun too. But That'd be great. You know why they don't? Because they would win and embarrass, <laughs> they would and embarrass the NBA players. Yeah. Which but is like, whatever. Like, I mean, whatever. Like I don't think Shaden Sharp's gonna care if he if he gets beaten by somebody who's Entire profession is dunking. No, yeah, but th- then but like, that goes against. Honestly, Shaden Sharp's entire point. profession is dunking. So no, it is not. But Shaden Sharp <laughs> is he, that boy. <laughs> that, that, that boy's got some lift. Every time I see him, I'm, play, I'm, I'm I am like, excited to watch him. Actually, actually, one of my favorite games that I've ever been to. Um, I went to, and this was back when the Lakers sucked, and they had Wesley Johnson. Johnson, yeah, the and number four, um, oh yeah, number number four overall pick in the which draft. That was a Steph draft, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it, so, was, uh, it was Blake, uh, the beat, Harden, oof, the beat. Johnson, uh, Rubio, uh, Johnny, Johnny Flynn. Flynn, and Steph. Yeah. Yeah. Oops. Um, I mean, that's a great draft. I mean, you know. So Wesley, Wesley Johnson, though, I remember watching him play. And I was, we, you know, we just happened to get tickets because the Lakers were so terrible. Like you could get really good back then. I, I didn't have any money to my name and mm-hmm. um, you could get really good Lakers tickets for super cheap because the Lakers were such shit. So like we went, we went and we sat in the lower bowl and my head was essentially like level with the rim. Okay. And I remember like watching, I remember like watching Wesley Johnson in particular, and it drove me insane that that guy wasn't better at basketball or better in the NBA because he spent the entirety of the game above my head. Like, he was just yeah, floating. Wes, Wes is, well, like, 6'9", and had some bounce, too. Yeah, like, he was just, he, he, you look at him, you're like, how is this guy not incredible? How is this guy not even, like, a high-level role player? Like, what the hell is going on? But, you know, here we are. Ke- so ask Kevin Ding. He'll, he'll tell you why, but. <laughs> so, I, so, I think the rule should be, like, I don't care if it, they're two-way guys I don't care if they're guys that are currently in the G League, but Mac has played four NBA games in his life and none yeah. this season. I mean, I think the NBA knows what they're you, doing there. I think you have to appear in one NBA game. Like at what, what is he is he eligible for the game? Is he eligible for the All-Star game? No, I I Aaron, we know what the NBA is doing there. Like every place that he's been, he's been this cult hero where the fans really want him and the fans so are pissed I, when he gets like I know oh. Warriors fans hate Warriors fans can't stand him. Yeah. And a lot can't of Laker fans him. are not Mac, yeah. Uh I thought I thought it was more that Warriors fans were upset that he got waived. No. I know no, no, they because Brady, he was like in preseason, he was taking shots from everybody. He was like <laughs> And in summer league, he remember. I think he yeah. started this on this the Lakers summer league team. And then yeah. what's funny about the summer league is like everybody's a free agent, so you just be like, <laughs> oh wait, you literally play for like eight summer league teams in the same summer league. You just kind of yeah. move around if you want. It's like you, it's like you go to the, you know, you're playing in like a rec league, and you only have four. And like the guy yeah. that played in the game before, you're like, hey man, can you come? Um, no, Warriors fans were pretty frustrated with him, like taking shots from everybody. Huh. Um, Brady, think- Brady, who runs Golden State of Mind, was saying that like for a long time they just kept getting comment after comment after comment about how they were going to regret letting him go, and he just sure. kept rolling his eyes. Yeah, sure. This is like, <laughs> sure. <laughs> he um, really rude that yeah, day. The Lakers, the Lakers will regret it too. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I think there. Well, needs McClung to be a rule. came on the heels of Caruso, so everybody was like latched on to McClung. He was like, new yeah. Russo, <laughs> Canuso. 
Like he was just yeah, yeah, awesome he was too. way worse. Um, Couldn't do any not? of those things. I think I think there needs to be like if you're eligible for it, all of its exhibition, can can fans vote Mac McClung in if they want to see him so bad? Can he be voted in as a starter? What for the game? The game. No, the I, I think the game, all exhibitions. The What's game the is clearly, dude. The game is clearly held in higher regard than the Zaza, dunk contest. And the Julia almost got voted in twice. In the NBA, the NBA, and yeah, and they completely rethought the the the, the way that they do stuff after that. Like like the clearly the NBA cares to, more about the game, and they're trying to find a way to fix things. the dunk contest. I mean, women from the WNBA. I don't know if they still do this, but they used to do the like you know. Pick a city Celebrity. and it would be one current player. Oh no, no, no. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that event. Skill? Is it the skills? No, yeah, it used to be the skill. Talent. It used to be like the skills. It was like the it was like a, a Hall of Fame or a current player and a in a WNBA right, from the same city, right? Yeah. Would, I yeah, like that would. event. I enjoyed that one. It would be what you know, it would be James Harden and Kenny Smith and a woman that played for the Houston Comets. They they still exist. What I so what I always why felt, not? Like, I always if felt Max so McClung sad, is gonna be in the dunk contest and he has yeah. not played in the NBA this season, make him eligible for everything. Can he be in the three-point contest? He can't shoot. Could he theoretically be in the three-point contest? And he can't play. Like the thing with the the Kobe, thing with the NBA. Kobe the, the, was the, not the, the game. best shooter either, and was in the three-point. It's not about that. Kobe. Kobe was Kobe was in the three-point shootout. Why don't I remember that? I remember he did the dunk contest, Kobe but I don't. Was, I'm pretty sure Kobe was in the three-point shootout. Um. All right, Kobe. And by the way, and like Rudy Fernandez, when I was in Portland, was in the dunk contest, and he couldn't dunk, and he was terrible in the dunk contest. Says Kobe uh, was replaced at one point by Dirk Nowitzki in a three-point competition. Ah, okay. Maybe he was scheduled to be in it, but didn't actually participate. Here's my I point. Think it was the, maybe it was the year he broke his finger or something I think like you that? should be eligible for all of it or none of it. And I think you should have to play one game. One. I don't care if two-way guys that are currently in the G League, you know, have been up and down. I don't care. If Cole Swider wants to be in the three-point shootout, fine. I think you have to have appeared in one NBA game to be eligible for these things. Yeah, I mean, like this season. I guess one, one, I, I just, I like, I, I just don't hold. I, I, I think the NBA is clearly trying to find some way to get more people to care about the dunk contest again, without mm-hmm. paying people to to win the dunk contest. And then the other thing too is you like pay people. No, you do, you do. You get a, you get a, you get a little check. It's not great. Yeah, a little something. It's not, something. It's not huge, but you get yeah, a little but check. I'm saying, like, I think it's like, I, I think it's like, fifty grand, maybe. Right, but I'm saying like if you wanted, if you wanted better players doing it, right. Um, if you how wanted they, the competition, how much would they to have higher? to do to get a 38 year old LeBron James? How much do you think they would have to pay him? The 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 Las Vegas team, like the, the Las Vegas <laughs> expansion team. Right. <laughs> right. This is, these are discussions they're having, right? Because they're Silver's that's it. Trying to get his Adam Silver. <laughs> Tell LeBron if he does the dunk contest this year, he gets Las Vegas. He gets the Las Vegas whatever NBA. Oh, no, he has to win it. Get, even better giving him appearance fee but then he has to he has to win the dunk contest even better ownership. E- yeah. even better yeah then he's lebron's over there paying the judges like just <laughs> dikembe mutombo is holding up 100s <laughs> get the little sprite sign with the 10 and the two tens and put the one behind the first time so it's 100 it's definitely dikembe mutombo move i like it i like it um, all right, let's move on to actual uh, NBA stuff. So uh, we are going to talk about the Atlanta Hawks situation, which is fascinating to me um, on, a, on a variety of levels. And then w- if we have some time here at the very end, we're going to look back on the season that has been now that we have just crossed the halfway point. Um, 
the Atlanta thing. So Sam Emick of of the Athletic uh, wrote this big long thing on the situation in Atlanta and how Travis Slank, um, what it's looked like as Travis Slank has moved on, some of the moving parts and some of the uh, people involved with getting him to move on, and now what their front office kind of looks like now that he has moved on. He got some, I thought, really interesting reaction from some of the players he spoke to. Um, he spoke to DeJounte Murray about the situation. He tried to talk to Trey Young. Trey Young wasn't giving him anything. And then he tried, and then he spoke to, um, at the very end of it, he spoke to, uh, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, John Collins, John Collins. Um, and as he was talking to John Collins, you know, I thought John Collins had the most interesting answer of, of anybody who offered one up and we'll get to more parts of this. But just from like the player's standpoint, this is where I think this is where it's really important to keep in mind when we talk about, you know, bus or people not living up to contracts or caliber of play and all of this stuff. One thing that we have to keep in mind is how much of the game is just beyond these players' control. John Collins clearly um, seems to be a Travis Slank guy. And Travis Slank, to this point, they've been trying to trade John Collins but his price has been super high because apparently Schlenk really liked Collins. Now that Schlenk is gone, uh, John Collins' price has really dropped. It's dropped to a point, by the way, where like it, I, I, I think the Lakers should maybe look into it. Well, but to, to be fair, it's not just that Schlenk isn't there that's dropped the price. It's that, and maybe everything, due, and maybe due to a lot of this turmoil, um, he's not been any good. I think yeah. he's, he's a good player. He's not going to guard that's, nobody. But, that's, but I think he's a good player, point. but he's been bad. So, yeah. That's, that's my point, that's, though. Is that's like, diminished his value, trade value also. But I, I think, like, at a certain extent, John Collins has spent the last, like, three years on the trade block. And Correct. eventually, that's just going to get really difficult to play in, in that kind of a situation. And, and, and like, whatever team trades for him, I think they're going to get a significantly better player. He needs he he is a guy that screams needs a new location. Just get out of there. Start. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I would really like to see him in Sacramento. I think that like kind of situation would would really bode well for him. Um, Phoenix, I guess, is apparently has been interested, and and there are some other teams that apparently have been interested. I again, I don't think the Lakers have the pieces to make this work because they're looking for a win now player um, in return for him, and the Lakers don't have very many of those guys. That is that is that's the report said. The Phoenix report report says that. said um, yeah. that they might be willing to do a deal without even a draft pick, just a good current NBA player. Yeah. As it relates to the Lakers, the salary stuff is difficult because yeah. he makes 25, I think it is, um, yeah. which is right in between, you know, the, the Russ area and the Pat Bev area. Yeah. In terms it's of hard contract. to, it's hard to combine contracts hard to, come up to get close to, to 25. Level. Yeah. Even, even like, he put the draft pick thing aside, put the quality player aside, like just financially. I, I don't think it's possible. No. Like Pat like Atlanta is, would have to, unless add Atlanta sends something back and you can use the, the rust contract, unless Atlanta is sending back, you know, another 12 to 16. No, excuse me. That's not enough. That no, would, would have to be like 16 20. to 20, somewhere yeah. in that range. Unless they, unless Atlanta can find 16 to $20 million in contracts to send back. Yeah. And they got rid of what they thought was dead contract weight with herders. So they don't have a lot of stuff that they might be willing to get Which, there with either. 
looks I mean, I don't know. That's not fair. That's not fair. That is not fair. <laughs> they clearly were trying to duck the tax with Herder. Yeah. Not I don't think they thought of him as dead salary. I think they thought of him as, no, I know they thought of him as this is somebody Useful, you can duck the tax with. Yeah, well, good call. And Atlanta. they did. And they yeah. have. And Schlenk has been released relieved of his duties. Um but let like me I say think... something about that too. Uh-huh. Um uh, this is see now we're gonna get man this is when unnamed cognac would be I, <laughs> would be wonderful here um because it is delicious still even though i'm not drinking it it is uh-huh. still delicious yeah um, that is that is true uh when he i mean we knew when he was you know being a senior advisor got moved to a senior advisor role like uh Lindsay in in utah that it was done however Lindsay was still kind of in the mix schlank was not in the mix period he has been doing nothing. He literally has been doing. I'm not going to tell you how I know this. I just know this. Well, according he is to not, the report, he is not too, like involved they, like, at all. They told him go find another job. If you now want they, job. that has come out now. No, not go yeah. find one. You are open to. Why do they want to do that? Then they don't have to pay him. Yeah. Right? But he is like since he's been gone, he is literally not participating in any of it. He's not doing mm-hmm. anything. He is being paid to do literally nothing. Yeah. So it's my life. That's my not my life. My dream. My life, <laughs> you asked me last night, I got paid <laughs> to do way too damn much. Um, but no, I, I think, uh, and this is the other part of this. Like, I, I, I wanted to start with John Collins, though, just because like, I, I really think we have become pretty insensitive to the human beings that we're actually watching participate in these sports. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you watch John Collins and you watch his game kind of slide, especially this season, of course it's going to slide. Like that is just, a, I, I, I couldn't do my job if the entire time I was doing my job, I had an executive standing over there on the phone, finding a way to get somebody else who is not me to be doing my job. Like that would be really difficult. That would, that would really suck. And, and I think, um, you know, when we talk about who was playing well and who was doing what, um, and especially as it pertains to like prospects, right? Um, like James Wiseman is somebody who I've mocked as as um, Hashim uh, turn up the beat, and and I think <laughs> he 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 is a SoundCloud rapper. He is, um, but like I think his situation is a really difficult one because he knows the fans of that organization are just like, wait, we could trade this guy and we can go out and get somebody who solidifies us as the champions this year. Um, he knows the uh, the players that he's uh, teammates with are looking at him probably in much of the same way. Maybe. And he his body isn't really working in the way that he wanted it to um, when he got to the NBA. <laughs> and so true. he's just said, like, I just think, you know, even while I make that joke about him, I think we tend to forget, like, why some of these things turn out the way that they do. And, uh, you to know? be fair about the Wiseman thing, like as it compares to John Collins, um, like Wiseman's also, he's a kid, right? He's not even 21 yet. Yeah. So right. like, yeah, it hasn't but, gone how you would want. That's going to, that, that's not, that is not easy. I yeah. do, as it relates to the Lakers though, I do, I would, I do want you to give me some flowers because you and I argue about this a lot. This is like how the NBA is. And hmm. I know, obviously, for Lakers fans and fans, it's not just Lakers fans, but fans of any team focus on their team and whatever is happening with their team feels like 
something different, something special, something specific. And what I keep reminding you and everybody else is this is how this is the NBA. You know, who is the decision maker for the Lakers and why are friends and family around in these decisions and involved in all in negotiations or whatever? And I keep telling you, this is every NBA front office. It seems specific yeah. to the Lakers, but it isn't. It is every, right? Go Not look normally at the, the good ones. What's that? <laughs> Not bullshit. normally the good ones. No, 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 bullshit. Bullshit. Who's the team of the last decade? Well, all right. No, no, no. answer your question. Who's the team of the you, last decade? Fine, the Warriors. Okay. But like, and you know, but, you know, do you know, do you know who is involved in all of their decision making and who is their assistant GM? Lacob's son. Kirk whose name Lacob. I'm forgetting. Yeah, Kirk, Kirk. Lacob. This yeah. is this is how it works, right? It was it was the owner of the Hawks. His son is like one of the guys, maybe second in command there, maybe, and has a huge voice, pushed out flank in a power play, and mm -hmm. his his and I didn't Nick know this. Kessler. Nick Kessler's uh, yes, exactly. the is, and I didn't know uh, this, but apparently the other Kessler's like, son. Apparently his his like best friend is their cap guy. Uh, like, something like that. Yeah. No, is, the, actually, I wanted to. I wanted to. Um, this is how. Yeah, this I wanted is how to read the this. NBA works. This is people, wild. People I, like I, owner, hold to on, your hold point. Owner, well, can have, I detail it? Yeah, can yeah, I detail yeah, yeah, it yeah, really yeah, quick? Yeah, um. All right. So. Uh, from Sacramento to, to, and I'm reading this from The Athletic uh, and the piece that Sammy Mc wrote for it. From Sacramento to Sacramento, or from San Francisco to Sacramento to LA, the pregame scene and the Hawks officials within it was the same. General Manager Landry Fields, a 34-year-old former NBA player who was elevated from assistant general manager in June, who now heads the front office after the shakeup. Shake up. By the way, 34. Good God, man. What am I doing with my life? Uh, and who previously worked for the San Antonio Spurs as a scout and general manager of their G League team, Nick Kessler, the 27-year-old's 27-year-old son of Hawks owner Tony Kessler, or Tony Wrestler, sorry, Nick Wrestler, 27-year-old son of Tony Wrestler, who had increased influence on roster and staffing decisions during his time in the uh, team's director of business and basketball operations starting in December of 2020. Ryan Silverstein, the team's coordinator of cap strategy and administration, and like you said, Aaron, a close friend of Nick Wrestler's, who, according to his LinkedIn page, became a front office assistant for the Hawks in September 2017, and Grant Lifman, somebody who I'm pretty sure like you would maybe know a little bit. Yeah, he played uh, the at uh, he played he played at Stanford, uh, Grant and was covering no no he was on a show with a dude that played at stanford but he's been yeah he's been uh covering he covered the warriors and did like yep. podcasts and some the of 35 year old who's, yeah yeah who spent his last six seasons covering golden state as a media member for nbc sports bay area and who yeah. was hired as a pro personnel scout in june and his close friends with fields landry fields so oh, yeah no maybe he did play at stanford because fields played at stanford i don't remember yeah. if it was liftman that played at stanford or the dude he did the show with played at stanford uh was mm -hmm. like a walk-on maybe at stanford but yeah that's and landry maybe it is grant because landry fields played at stanford also so the reason i read all of that stuff is is like to your point you know when we talk about nepotism and cronyism in in not just in the nba but across professional sports it is it does run rampantly the one thing I would kind of push back on when you're talking about, you know, organizations that run well, despite that nepotism, nepotism or cronyism, uh, the Warriors, I think we have seen now some of it might just be the age and natural decline of the players and, and who, who are cornerstones of that organization. But the, the Warriors, like as Kirk Lacob has assumed more and more power, 
that situation has gotten more and more difficult to to kind of navigate like that i think well, that's a that's kind of <laughs> well objectively. well and by the way to bring this full circle i mean there is there is a, a school of thought that there has been a brain drain from the warriors and that has caused some of their demise if you want to call it that although i would remind everybody they are the current nba champions um much like the lakers won a, a title very recently um but yes you could make that argument. I would say that probably has less to do with Kirk Lacob and more to do with the brain drain of, I mean, even Jerry West, but then mm -hmm. more recently to bring this full circle, Travis Schlenk was their assistant GM for quite some mm -hmm. time um, and was very well thought of, which is why he got the Atlanta job. Um, my point though, is this like, because we're all Lakers fans and on a Lakers podcast and Lakers feed and you know, what you and I, you and I, your world and my world uh, revolves around the Lakers primarily. I know to you, it feels like a Lakers thing, right? No, and it isn't. I, it, I, but it isn't, right? That's the point. Yeah. It isn't. And, and maybe it's, it's maybe to you, it doesn't way. feel like, like I don't a know. Thing. I don't know if I've given off that sentiment. You have presented I, it as a Lakers thing, but no. that's because what your perspective is. My well, point, though, is like I cover the Lakers. Like right. yeah, fair, I, I've said fair. this specifically and you're a that huge like fan of the Lakers. Fair. It's kind of, no. It's kind of like when when like when when my when you know when I was a kid and I would see some other kid doing something stupid, and I would say to my parents, "Hey, how come that kid gets to do that stupid thing?" My parents would say, "Well, because that's not my kid." <laughs> You're my kid. I don't have to care about that kid. Fine. It's like when I see this stupid thing with Atlanta, I'm like, and, and people, and, and, you know, it gets presented as, you know, see, the Lakers aren't the only ones. I'm like, yeah, but I, I don't care about Atlanta. Yeah, I understand. I understand. But my point is, it's not just Atlanta. It's everybody. Oh, sure. This is the, the, and this is, you say that like sometimes, and you've told people that, listen, like, don't yell at Aaron. He's not necessarily like caping for, standing for, holding water for the Lakers. He's offering context. I'm offering context and perspective because I've worked in the NBA forever. I've been around the league forever. This is what it is. And the reason yeah. for that is this is, and I'm telling you, it's everywhere. This it's is how not, the world works. It's not <laughs> just the Lakers. It's not just the Lakers yeah. and Atlanta. It's not just the Lakers and Atlanta and Golden State. It is literally every team in the NBA. And the reason for that, it's human nature. People especially people that are as wealthy and as powerful as NBA owners, they have to have a built-in fear of getting like taken advantage of, of all of this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And so they want, it's human nature. They want to be around people that they trust. They want to be yeah. around people that they feel have their best interest in mind. Right. Like if you win the lottery, like you got to look around, like you want to you want to hang out with all of your friends from when you were living in your car. Right. Because like you got to look around kind of crazy at all these new people. Like, why are you here? What is yeah. it that you actually want? No, so, I, I get that. I do. And I, and I understand why it's being said. And it and it is important to keep in mind this stuff. But, you know, I, I think still, even with that in mind. Mm -hmm. the best organizations or the most successful organizations somehow try to find a balance there. And I think that's where I think the balance is kind of out of whack clearly here where you have a bunch of, you know, mid, mid to late 20 to er, mid to late 30 uh, year olds running this thing. And now like the piece does says, does say that um, Tony wrestler is thinking about bringing in somebody with some more, some more experience, kind of an adult in the room here with, with, 
this, you know, to help these young people. <laughs> Wait, like Kyle Korver, who just well, got promoted to assistant? Not GM? now. I don't. I don't think he qualifies because I think Kyle Korver is also like thirty five. Yeah, thirty five. Yeah, something you know? like that. So yeah. like. Yeah, it's not, it's not somebody like they're going to need more experience. And I think that's been my point here with the Lakers, too, is that like, you know, you look at the people who are working here with the Lakers and the person with the most experience is Kurt Rambis. And it's not great experience. <laughs> so, like, I, 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 I say here, like, like, you, you know, to your point, it is prevalent everywhere. But I think the best organizations find a way to balance that. And I think Dr. Bus did a really good job of this, too, back in the day where, he wanted to see Jim Buss uh, positioned and, and Johnny Buss positioned with these various sports teams that he headed up at the time um, and ready to carry on his legacy. But he also paired, you know, Jim Buss with Mitch Kupchak and he paired uh, Jim Buss with Jerry West and he, and he, and he had those people working together so that if that time came, when that time came, hopefully Jim Buss would be prepared to take that over. My only thing is clearly Jim wasn't, you know, and the, and I don't I don't know if there is a way to prepare yourself for that when that is always the the destined end game. I don't think there is a way I mean, to like learn your way up through the ranks in this world when you're competing against people oh, who are fighting maybe, tooth and nail to get there. I don't think so. Like, I mean, I, I, like maybe not. Maybe there is though because uh, I think that you feel. And I'm not even necessarily disagreeing with you that the most capable people um, as it relates to the Lakers involved in all of this is are, are Jesse and Joey. Yeah, um, and they've, they've done a really great job with scouting and the G League and draft, all of that kind of thing. Um, and they have been elevating and their voice continues to elevate within the organization. So maybe you can. My point is, though, as it relates to like Joey and Jesse and linda and kurt like this is not this is how it works this the, yeah. the lakers are not an outlier it no. is not like i what the fuck are the lakers doing how do they have so and 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 so you know like in these meetings or maybe having a voice and look at all these people oh it's collaborative look at all these people that you know too many cooks in the kitchen according to magic right bullshit this is how it is there are friends mm -hmm. and family around every single team and in various capacities, they have some power and some influence on decision making. Okay. And it's just, it's just how it is. If those, all right. So if the Lakers were successful, more successful than they have been these last couple seasons, mm -hmm. nobody would care. Those teams, like, like sure. Warriors fans, Warriors fans right now, like, there is probably a lot of concern with people who are paying super close attention to Kirk's influence over the uh, over the organization and whether a day might come where uh, a really good GM gets pushed out for the sake of Kirk Lakeup like that. If I was a Warriors fan, that'd be something I'd be nervous about for sure. Um, but so long as they're winning, who gives a shit? We're winning. Like, yes, it, I mean, it, I know it seems like I know it seems like, you know, 100 years ago to Lakers fans. I, I understand. Mm hmm. But if the hard, last there, two seasons were decent, there's, hard, there's hardware from pretty recently. But if the, if the if the last two seasons were even decent, Aaron, we wouldn't be having this conversation I'm as fair, often as fair. we were. I get it. I'm not. <laughs> I'm I'm not trying to convince you of anything. I am just offering the context that this is not a Lakers thing. This is an NBA thing, and it Absolutely. obviously goes beyond the NBA to every other sport and every other business. But like, 
Yeah, like it is different in sports because there, like, there is something specific about you know trading players and signing players and drafting players and being able to scout that. That's very different than like, okay, like my my son's you know <laughs> my son runs the lumber company. It, it yeah. is very, a very different thing. Well, like, right? look, I, like it, it, I, it's this something. Is a, this that, is an NBA thing, not a Lakers thing. Is my point. The thought always crosses my mind. You know, when I'm when I'm sitting here and every so often Avery will come and jump up on my lap and she'll see the two screens and the and the bright buttons and stuff and she'll get all excited. The other day we actually have a clip of her and I singing Let It Go into the microphone and it was like this really cool thing. Like, yeah, at some point I, I'm the thought's gonna cross my mind that I, I hopefully reach a point here where my kids will benefit from nepotism. But like also I, at that point, I would hopefully be uh, not blinded by my affection for my kids and care also about the product and hope that they produce the best product here. And I think that's the that's the tough thing. And it, it's a, a way easier for me to say right now when neither of my kids speak proper English. But like, <laughs> <laughs> to, be, but, to be fair, it's not an English thing. I mean, neither of your kids speak proper anything. Yeah, right, right. Like, well, it's it's way easier for me to say this and hope that I get this right. 20, 30 years down the line or whatever, 20, 25 years down the line. Um, I don't, I, I, you know, right now though, we do know that nepotism has derailed some, some empires like nepotism has, you know, sure. cronyism has gotten in the way of sure. human evolution like sure. it says, and, sure. and, and, and uh, economic evolution like that. It, it is so at, in my opinion, one of the, the grand plagues on society. And sure. Uh, you know, my point is singling out. The it Lakers. is still the, it, I'm not saying, yeah. yeah, I'm not, I look, I understand I why your focus the is the Lakers, of, but singling no, out the Lakers is unfair. I single out the Lakers because we, this is a Lakers podcast. I understand, but, but, <laughs> in, but inherent in that, or the assumption in that is singling them out because they are doing something like they are doing this in a way that other teams aren't like the Lakers need to fix this because they are running things improperly. Okay, if they are, everybody's running things improperly. The Lakers aren't different, is my point. Right, but if the if the Lakers were running things improperly and it was leading to success, nobody would have anything to say about it. But right now, like the Lakers are still outside of the play-in despite having LeBron and AD. So clearly, clearly, it's not running improperly to to proper success and whatever needs to be title. done. Like it's won a title pretty recently. It's just like with Tony Wrestler, right? He's thinking about bringing in actual uh, experience here to to help these young people, uh, relatively young people, uh, in in this industry. Like I, I don't think it would be the worst thing to bring in a little bit more success to to the operation the Lakers are running. I don't think I don't, that's I, I I don't I'm not I'm not going to disagree with that. That's yeah. that is that's fair. That's fair. How it is going now is not abnormal for the NBA. No, that's it. All right. Um, speaking of how it's going now, we have a few minutes here to look back on the, on the season that was, um, the season that was the half a season that was, it's felt like a season last night felt like four games, man. (laughs) Damn it. I don't want to. And, and I, and I watched that shit completely sober. That was, that that was uh, honestly, that was about as frustrated as I've been, uh, at a game in a long time maybe it was because i hadn't had a beverage but i was i was very frustrated last night um, although by the time it got to like into multiple overtimes 
everybody also who had been drinking was sober by that point sober too. Because, yeah because you can't the, drink after like like midway the room the, the room my, you know my room closes you know early third quarter so everybody yeah. else was sober too by that time um i can i ask you like a basketball question because it's driving me insane yeah please um i'm watching darvin ham and the lakers uh just get like run up against brick wall after brick wall when teams go zone on them. And I think part of it obviously is because of the lack of shooting, but I think Mm -hmm. schematically the stuff that they're doing is kind of annoying me. Um, the way that I have, and, and just like really quickly, and this is just like basketball one Oh one level stuff. But Mm -hmm. if a team goes zone on you, you want to offset that top level of defense at the top level of your offense, right? So if a team goes two, three on you, you want a single person at the top of your offense. If a team goes one, three, one or one, two, two, then you want two people at the top of your offense. And then the idea is to move those two people or one person at the top of that defense off to one of the sides so that you can have an angle to get into the middle of that zone defense. I ideally that's kind of, that's how I've always, you know, when I was coaching, when I was playing, that was the approach that I took to breaking zones. Um, and I think you see that still in the NBA a lot, like the, the, um, the Mavericks last night in situations where the Lakers were going zone, we're putting Christian Wood there at the, t- at, at the free throw line. And because he's so much taller and because the Lakers have such shorter people yeah, than Luca right at the top. Yeah. yeah. Like it was just, they were just lobbing the ball over the top of those two first guards. You get the ball to Christian Wood and now it's a three on two fast break essentially against the, against the remaining defenders out there. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, 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 this might be a personnel thing, but like you, have you noticed, I've noticed that the Lakers approach to breaking, especially the two, three zone that they see really often is to have somebody go in and screen one of the defenders at the top of the, the two, three and have somebody dribble off to the side there, whoever has the ball at the top there. And then they try to break the zone that way without ever really getting the ball into the middle of the paint. Why? What's going on? Okay, so I have there's a lot a lot here. Um right. it is mostly a personnel thing. Uh the the way to defeat zones generally, this is uh, I'll I'll give the like easy version of this. The way the two best ways to defeat a the purpose of of or the the best way to defeat a zone as you mentioned is to get guys moving a lot. The zone does two things defensively Obviously, you're tending to give up more threes. The Lakers don't have any shooters. Yeah. So you're tending to give up more threes. So that's one reason teams play zone. The other reason teams play zone is because it can reduce uh, dribble penetration because Mm -hmm. there's no specific guy in front of you to beat. That you have to beat. And if you beat whoever's around you in the zone, normally the help is coming from farther away in man-to-man because guys are closer to whoever they are guarding. So it's harder to help in man-to-man. In a zone, you're already closer to generally. But I do think it is a person. So the way that you defeat that is one of two ways generally. This is a simple version of it. There are more ways, but these are the first two that you either overload offensively one side of the zone so Mm -hmm. that there aren't enough guys to help. Right? Yeah, and you make somebody One on pass. the backside of the zone useless. They have to come from way too far and won't get there. The other, as you mentioned with Christian Wood, is you try to get somebody generally around the free throw line, which tends to be in, in the middle. The problem with that for the Lakers is a personnel thing. 
because you mentioned the height of Christian Wood, which makes it easier to get him the ball. Yep. And and the height want, of Luca. And you want something also true. Correct. That was I was going to get to in a second. You want somebody also that hopefully is a good decision maker, a pretty good passer from that that high yeah. post spot. The problem for the Lakers is in this case because of the roster. I mean, in general, probably, but certainly with this roster currently, those two guys are the same person. You want <laughs> LeBron as the guy feeding it because he has the size to get it there, but mm-hmm. you also want LeBron at the Catch free throw me. line so he can be the one because he's probably the best decision maker in NBA history and he has the size, which makes it easier to get him the ball. Yeah. Like, so that, like, what is the other option, right? Like, at, in the late game lineup, uh, what's the option? You're going to put Wenyon at the at the free throw line. Like, what's he going to do if he catches the ball? So that he did I think okay. is a, like he, that he is did a fine. If no, he just he, turned, Wenyon was great. No, 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 no. Wenyon was great yeah. last night. But he is a play finisher. He's not a play initiator. He's not creating yeah. anything. He's not a good passer, right? Yeah, I don't want him at the really free throw a, line. He's not the a ball connector. On the he's a finisher. He's a Correct. finisher and he's finisher completely only. a finisher. And he was yeah. great last night. To be fair, but even like Thomas Bryant, I don't want Thomas Bryant's not doing that. So the problem for the Lakers is LeBron is the guy for both of those things. You were saying, why did the Lakers operate how they did with like trying to set a screen, which also can be kind of difficult in a zone, identifying who's the right guy. The reason for that is because the Lakers wanted to attack Luca over and 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 over again. It had some success. Luca had five fouls. You also want to try to foul Luca out. Luca's gonna have to pull a knife on somebody in that game to get called for his sixth foul. It's and even not then, happen. right? But he's also a horrible defender, so I understand trying to go yeah. at you know wanting to go at him. So I think that was I was saying, and even if he pulled a knife on somebody, I think that it, maybe not. would have looked the other way. The other issue, though, as it relates to last night's game specifically, the Lakers, and I think this is the right choice. The Lakers are, depending on which site you look at, and depending you know day to day, they are either like. A slightly behind the Warriors or basically tied with the Warriors in pace at number mm-hmm. one or number one and two. Um, and the Mavs are last in pace or maybe second to last in pace. And they look like a lot of previous LeBron teams where it's, we're going to play slow. Luca's going to have the ball the whole time as LeBron used to. And LeBron is going to dissect you in the half court like Luca does now, right? Luca's going to get his own or he's going to break the paint and kick it out to a million shooters. Right. Even though they were terrible last night too, like Tim Hardaway and Bullock Bullock has literally been one of the worst players in the NBA Mm -hmm. this year. Like statistically in all the catch all metrics, he is literally like the third worst player in the NBA this year. Yeah. However, him missing so often in, in that arena, like gave me PTSD. (laughs) What that does though, and I've this is, this and this is, I think this speaks to why the Lakers' clutch time numbers are so horrific, is because the game at the end slows down. It's a possession by possession game. You're not going to get guys are actually trying to guard. You're not going to get much in transition. People are more careful with the ball, so there's not going to be a lot of uh, uh, live ball turnovers leading to you know runouts and stuff. Basically, the only way you're going to run is if you happen to get a long rebound generally, you know, in the last bit of the game. And so I think the Lakers struggle clutch time, specifically offensively, because they are used to a game that is a different game in the last few minutes. And Luka and the Mavs 
the way that the game tightens up in the last few minutes. That's how they play anyway. That's how they play anyway. So they have all the reps and they know exactly what they're doing. The Lakers do a little bit of back and forth. Okay. Like is LeBron going to do this? Yeah. Most of the time. Well, now Russ, you know, Russ is going to initiate some and try to break people down. Dennis is going to do a little bit. And that's just not the Mavs. Like know exactly what they're doing every single time. Cause it's going to be Luca. So I think last night that was a lot of the difference. And, you know, I, we talked about the, the, the zone offense stuff. Um, but I think that is, that speaks to the larger thing with, it's a reason for, and by the way, I think the Lakers should be, they're not offensively talented enough to, and LeBron isn't like as a decision maker and passer, he's still maybe the best in the league, but the slight diminishment in his athleticism, I think yeah. is most seen with his ability to beat people off the bounce. Yep. And so I agree with, and like the Lakers do have some decent athletes. Russ is obviously should be in transition, et cetera. Thomas runs. He's, he's one of the best Thomas for a dude that looks like he's like ice skating when he runs, I, like he doesn't bend his knees. It's the strangest thing, but he plays yeah. harder than anybody else more often in, than anybody in the league. And he's, he's always running. Too. Just and like, when you get out and run, etc. So I think it's the right decision for the Lakers in a macro sense to play at the pace that they do. But one of the ways in which that kind of rears its ugly head is in the clutch times time stuff. And and you saw a great example of it last night. Yeah. I, I think, I think at the end of the day, like with this specific question about the zone and the way that the Lakers handle the zone, um, you know, that gets fixed whenever AD comes back. Cause certainly you put him at the free throw line. And I mean, I, there's a little have... bit like, or maybe you invert him and LeBron, you, have him up high because LeBron yeah, is way, a significantly better decision maker than, well, than AD. But, that's but, where, but but he can do that Christian Wood thing if he has a smaller guy on him where he can just turn and face and you know shoot over the top with a 10 footer yeah. or 12 footer. Well like the the one thing that that was kind of annoying last night and like it you know credit to Dallas they were it wasn't like zone after zone after zone after zone like it, no, they, they were, were switching it, yeah. it up and you know it's also Jason Kidd who has a lot of experience with a lot of not a lot of the guys but a handful of the guys on this Lakers roster. Mm -hmm. And I got, when, when Dallas was going zone, I was just like screaming, uh, you know, get Russ the ball at the top and then try to get LeBron moving around the, the, the free throw line. And instead they kept going with LeBron with the ball and somebody was setting a screen on, on the guy at one of the elbows or up at the, up at the top of the two, three, and it wasn't creating anything. Um, as often as, as I would have liked. And, and again, just like at, just like Dallas kept on switching up their, their, their coverages and stuff, you can switch up your, your approach. And I just thought the Lakers never threw a second pitch there. So one more thing. And there is, there is some other late game stuff like, well, look at us breaking down basketball. I do want to talk about, um, but I think, again, I think it's a, a personnel thing. I think it's a roster thing because, one, when you do set that screen, the guy setting the screen in, in a zone specifically, um, the guy you want setting the screen is different than in man to man, right? Mm -hmm. Well, depending on what matchup you want. But in a zone specifically, often the guy, and you saw this a lot, often the guy you want setting the screen is not a big guy who's going to dive, yeah. is a pick and pop guy, because that's what's going to get the defense moving the most. And so the Lakers were trying that with Troy Brown. They were Troy Brown was the screener in uh, for uh, yeah. for LeBron mostly, but also for Russ. Some he was the guy that was the screener. 
and he's going to set the screen and then you know flash out to the three point line, pop to the three point line, and then get um, fouled by di- by. <laughs> Tim the problem though, and this like Troy's fine. He's a better he's he's better as a, as a catch and shoot guy, less so on the move. Mm-hmm. But like you want one of those guys that is you know you want Ray Allen was the guy who was so great at this, or or Reggie Miller, right? And those are all time shooters. Clay. But you want somebody Clay is maybe the best ever at it. But you want one of those guys that the defense is worried about. And Troy Buddy. like. He's good enough that Troy is a good enough shooter that Buddy healed. You're maybe. not just going to let him stand there and get, but he is not so good of a shooter. I hear you saying a name and I'm not going to respond to it. <laughs> Troy is one of those guys that like if he sets a screen and then flashes uh-huh. out to the three-point line, it is not the oh shit. He's not an oh shit kind of guy, especially yeah. on the move. And so that like the defense is like okay, like I'll live with that. Like, yeah. yeah, we got to pay attention to him, but it's not like a five alarm fire where everybody starts getting jumbled up and on two people run to him by mistake. Like, so I think that that is a personnel thing. Like if they had and I'm not going to mention any names, if they had <laughs> if the Lakers had somebody that was a good like a dangerous movement shooter, even yeah. if they didn't do a whole lot else, obviously you want somebody that can shoot and stay on the floor defensively. But even just somebody I think somebody uh, that was a like scary for defenses movement shooter would do a lot for the clutch time offense and especially against that zone. Hmm. Defensively, last night, I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't, I did not enjoy. Um, and the, the Lakers sent help at Luca quite a bit. Luca was not scoring early, and we can go back to the, the Christmas Day game. The Lakers were trapping Luca everywhere, and the, the guys didn't make any shots. The Mavs, others didn't make any shots in the first half, and then they made everything in the second half. Mm-hmm. Fine. The trap was successful yesterday against Luca too, and at the end of the game, and at the end of the <laughs> first like overtime, who's the weirdest? Thing? No, 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 no. And I was—we talked about this in Slack. I was literally yelling over and over and over. I don't care. People were saying, "Why don't you have LeBron guard him?" I don't care. Even against LeBron, even with LeBron guarding him, send a second body, send yeah. somebody else. And the Lakers were doing that. And what Luca would do is he would get rid of the ball early. And then the Lakers would, would kind of scramble back to their assignments. Yeah. And then they'd give it back to Luca and the help wouldn't come the second time. And then right. Luca gets to operate. I think once it was against Troy and once it was against Dennis, those two yeah. threes. I, I thought it was when Luca gets the ball didn't... back, send help again. Yeah, well, not just that. Send it back either immediately on the either catch. Send, Don't wait on the it's catch. It's kind of like that meme, right? Security, security shooters, just police. Send the police <laughs> immediately. <laughs> I was I was waiting for that to happen, or for shooter to just foul. Like once once you're yes, out, that was, uh, was going to be the second part of it. I yeah. am a I am a big huge, and I don't understand why. Yeah. But there are there's a segment of coaches that believe in fouling and there are say this is for people not understand it's for when you're up three with a certain amount of time left when you're up three you foul some coaches the only thing i can think of they're wrong but the only because if you foul that brings losing into the equation right you could try to foul as they're shooting and they make a three and then they make or if you don't trust your free throw shooters or or you could foul them. They make the first one. They miss the second. And somehow the ball gets tapped out for a three. And they make mm-hmm. a three and you lose. 
So there is some fear of that. Um, there's also the fear of fouling while they're going into their shooting motion and they get three free throws. But they're wrong. Fouling works well over 75% of the time. Um, there is also a difference of opinion of when you foul, how much time is left. Um, and in this case, Luca made the shot with, with six, I went in with six seconds left. So the possession started, I think there, you know, there was like 12 seconds left or something like that. I don't care. As soon as it gets close to 10. Yeah. And I mean, definitely by the time it gets to seven and a half, when Luca's shooting that he should have been fouled. If you're up three with 10 seconds or less left. You foul. You you teach your guys as soon to as do it in a way that they're not Luka in their shooting the motion, and you completely wrap them up so they can't get the shot off. If you were up three with that amount of time left, in my opinion, you foul. Period. Yeah, because so many for you to lose so many things, so many very, uh, so many very unlikely things have to all go against you for you to lose. Yeah, you're just. I, I don't I don't see the I, I don't even see the argument in this one. No. If you're up three, you foul. I don't know why the Lakers didn't. I don't know. I have Twice. not talked to Darwin about this. Yeah, but there was there was more time left in the second one. The mm-hmm. first one, like I, I think it's a no-brainer. I don't know Darwin's philosophy on this. I haven't talked to him about it. But I don't understand. You, well, he you, said he would have foul. preferred they they ran Luca off the ball again. He didn't mention fouling when he was asked about it after the game. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. I agree with that too. Send another. Like, if somebody else is going to beat me, fine. I would rather in that situ- situation. I would rather have literally anybody else take an open three than Luca take a contested three. Luca yeah. is a fucking killer. <laughs> yeah. He's a killer. He is. And I'm gonna um, have like much like people do with the Lakers, right? Like. Fine, I may get beat, but you know who I'm not going to get beat by? LeBron. Yeah. I mean, that was clearly kids' approach to last night. You know, it was just anytime. Have you noticed? I I tweeted about this because LeBron slipped again last night, like late game, trying to turn the corner. But have you, it seems like it's been like four or five times in the last couple of weeks that LeBron has blown a tire trying to turn the corner. There was the one, uh, I think the Lakers were down two, or maybe it was down three. Yeah, I think they were down two. LeBron broke the paint and no, I think they were down three and kicked it out to Schroeder for a wide open three left corner three that Schroeder missed, which mm-hmm. was a fine shot. But it was like LeBron made that pass from the ground. This was like two, three weeks ago that LeBron yeah. made the pass from the ground because he had slipped. And he did again last night, obviously. I've noticed it like four or five times in the last couple of weeks. I don't know what's going on, but it's a little quirky something. I, I, yeah, I mean, like I... I, I still feel like people get away with more guarding LeBron on the perimeter or on his way to the basket than just about anybody else. And and I think LeBron part of that is like, a ton, yes. Yeah. I, I think part of that is like he get he's allowed to be hand checked. Whereas like you watch Trey young or you watch jar or any of these other small, I, I think Luca gets is, you know, they're, they let people play physically against him and Giannis. Cause if you don't play physically against those guys, it's right, just the Shaq, it's, it's the Shaq thing. Well, yeah, I don't even yeah. think it's that. It's that these dudes are so like big and strong, like they get fouled and it doesn't affect them like it does smaller guys. And so it looks different to officials. I don't think it's like a Yeah. I don't I don't think it's like a nefarious thing. I just no. think like it just like against Shaq, like right? Like I it's not like, oh, if if he gets every well, call, like there's nothing you can do about it. It's that like part of it, it, these things don't look like fouls because they don't affect them as much as other people. They also force that issue more, right? Like, uh, like Giannis, oh, Luca, yeah. LeBron, yeah. Shaq back in the day. Like those guys, <laughs> the, the, yeah, like those guys, they can play physically. And if you, 
don't allow the defense to match some of that physicality, it, they just average 50 a night. Like, there's just nothing you can do. Um, whereas, like, if Trey tried to body somebody, it would just look hilarious. It would just you don't like funny. the twerking for fouls? Oh, that no, is one of my favorite. That is one of my favorite, like, NBA terms Jesus. that is that has come up, that has been coined in the last, whatever it is, four or All five right. years. We, we, we have gone over, and I we didn't get to the rest of the, the first half of the season, but we do have something that I have a question. You have 30 seconds to answer it, or five seconds if you want to take five seconds. Okay. But my running theory here, now that the Lakers have worked out Boogie and they have worked Myers Leonard out, and um, given all of the reports that the Lakers are looking for more front court depth, um, I am of the opinion based on that stuff, based on the information presented to us to this point, that the days of AD playing predominantly, let alone only center, are behind us. I disagree. Um Okay. Although Darvin, although Darvin said um, when asked about, you know, I think it was about how Thomas was playing, how well Thomas Bryant was playing, about if he's considering when AD comes back, LeBron, AD, and Thomas Bryant. playing together. And he said, yeah, it's something like definitely looking at and going to consider. Um, and Thomas has played so well, I think you have to play him with AD some when AD comes back. I, do th- I don't think he's going to start. I think AD is going to start at center. I've talked about how I'm like have some concerns about LeBron as just a full-time defensive three, although you can play AD out on the wing on those guys some. Um, but I think it's, I, I I think the, the big guys coming in for, for workouts today, actually, um, I think it has more to do with AD's not going to be back within the next 10 days. I think that's mm-hmm. what it is. Um, so I do not think the guys coming in are so at least at this point up. being thought of as like full season guys. I think, there is a need for big bodies in the, you know, while AD is out. The reason I was asking that is, you know, again, not to put you in, in a tough spot or whatever, and apologies when I do this anyway, but like, um, if the notion is that AD isn't going to be playing center anyway, and you're looking for a longer term fix that allows AD to move more to the four, if they're worried about AD breaking down because of how much center he was playing, then why not make the Turner trade like that? That, that, so what I am what I am saying is I yeah no your I answer dis- is I disagree, consistent I disagree that. that he's I think yeah. AD is going to be a full time center not every single minute but I think yeah. AD is a full time center um, now and I mean and you're right though that does and importantly does, I think the point that you make about LeBron is 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 just as important that AD needs to be a full time center because LeBron needs to be a full time power forward. Yeah, and by full time, that does not mean one hundred percent of minutes, right? LeBron is yeah. going to play some point guard. LeBron is not defensively, but LeBron is going to play some three defensively. Like the defensive assignment is what matters, um, and I think that is that is it is meaningful, right? We've seen how dominant AD was when playing almost all only center, right? He was the best player in the league for fifteen games before he got hurt, or you know, I don't know if he was the best player in the league, but he was like playing at an MVP level when before he got hurt and i do think that that no 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 i don't think i know (laughs) that does influence and impact any decision making as it relates to trades right like the going into the year maybe the thought was hey you need a center right to pair with ad and because of how good ad has been like maybe that not only is that not a need anymore like maybe that seems like a misallocation of resources you know going to get a especially when you can find guys like there are better centers available 
at the minimum as compared to other positions all over the place. So I, I, I suspect, I think AD is going to be mostly a center when he comes back. And I do think that uh, informs and impacts and affects what the Lakers are looking for uh, in a potential trade. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, and I will give you, and the, and you can, or when we, when we, uh, when we, when we stop recording, <laughs> I can give you the latest on where all of those uh, negotiations stand. All right. Well, I'm going to get off the air right now. Um, probably going to go pour a drink. Actually, it's three thirty my time. Um, okay. So I'm going to. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. But that is going to do it here for this episode of the Hook. These episodes, this week's episodes here on the Silver Screen and Roll podcast feed. I got to say, shout out to you guys, because last night's uh, pressure cooker ran for 45 minutes, and wow. you guys rocked with me for the entirety of it because of those two <laughs> there, were, there was a lot of pressure to cook, too. And that, and that happened, by the way, on the heels of a Lakers lounge that ran right before the game and into the first part of the game that y'all rocked with me for the entirety of two. So you know what? Next time, next time, I don't know when the next Thursday game is, but next time there's a Thursday game and you do it right before the game, I'll I'll pop on for like five minutes from check from in crypto. from the okay, and then maybe like grab Rob, and then I can just like. <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna do that. <laughs> I did speak with Rob a bunch last night. He had a very good looking suit on. I'll tell you that. That motherfucker you know, was styling last night, boy. <laughs> He had a good suit on. He had one of his best, one of my favorite suits of his. He had a good one on. What, what so most it? of our conversation was about how how great he looked his in suit? his suit. Yeah, most of it. I complimented <laughs> on his suit. We we talked a little basketball too, but mostly it was just me complimenting him on his suit. He looked good last night. That's the thing that like I'm afraid to ever get like that level of wealthy because I know I will spend way too much money on suits I will almost never wear. That's one of my like... I worked at men's warehouse growing up and I loved the idea of suits. I would probably get back into shape just so I could look better in suits. That would probably you're not gonna, I, I mean, you're not a bad looking dude. And if you get in shape, especially, but I mean, like Rob Palenka is that, 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 that is a star to which you cannot aspire. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not saying the guy that's gets a, compared a, to Rob Lowe. Good looking white man there, boy. That's a good, I don't know. Him and Jimmy G. That's a good looking, those are two good looking white boys there, man. <laughs> We'll I'm not into white guys, guys, but those are uh, those are some those are some handsome fellows. <laughs>